Radio. Like touch my shoulder, touch my hair. Starts now. And I said, what the hell is that? And more radio starts now. And this is the episode you've been waiting for live from the Omen House. We are here at David Omen's house, and we're going to be exploring all the crazy paranormal that goes on here. So uh, stick with us. This is going to be a great show. Turn down the lights, if you dare. Spirits and more radio. And I'm your host, Steve Rowan, and we are here live from the Omen House in Beverly Hills, California. And uh, we're joined today. We've got actually a panel of people here with us. We've got Dave Omen, who uh, built this home uh, that people have investigated and says say is extremely haunted uh, with sort of a vortex type effect happening here. Um, I would like to introduce also, we have our co-host with us, Eric Van Leer. Uh, who joins us from time to time. And we also have Jeff with us, who is... <laughs> Go, say again. Jeff Mandel. Jeff Mandel is with us as well, who uh, is a friend of Dave's and has experienced lots of things in this home as well. So uh, first and foremost, let's get started here. Uh, you can go to spiritsandmoreradio.com uh, where you can find all of our past episodes and so forth. Uh, and if you go to Periscope, we can actually see your comments and you can kind of join in in the show. So um, go ahead and do that. Uh, we're also live on YouTube and on Facebook, uh, all under Scary Horror News. So uh, go ahead and go there and that's where you can find uh, this conversation and all of our past uh, episodes. Um, I would like to welcome to the show right now, Dave Oban. Hello, Dave. Hello, how are you? <laughs> Good. All right, well, it took a little bit of getting going. This is our first uh, show we've ever done live from a haunted house, and I thought it was appropriate that we do it so close to Halloween. Uh, we're also, we have people on video that are watching us, so I want you guys to pay close attention, okay? If you're watching one of our cameras uh, via YouTube or Periscope, uh, watch in the background around here, okay? Look for things moving around. Uh, Dave has lots of cameras here. Dave, how many cameras are in this house? Um, inside the house right now, we have 16 HD 1080p 3 megapixel cameras with infrared and wired with audio. Okay, so uh, uh, pretty much the whole place is covered. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Every floor has got at least um, four cameras in it. I think most of the floors, for instance, this floor has got um, six cameras on it. So we're covered from all different angles and sides and... Um, we're pretty much 24-7, so if anything happens here, we've picked it up and recorded it and reviewed it. Great. And I want everyone to pay attention to uh, you know, that aspect of things, too. I want everyone to know that um, what they might see on these cameras, even our cameras here that we have, uh, might surprise them. Um, but let's start with you, Dave. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you're here uh, in Beverly Hills. You built this house in 89. Are you from the California? Where'd you grow yeah, up? Yeah, I was born and raised in the area. Um, 
And uh, my father found this lot in 1998 in November. As a matter of fact, it's 19 years ago coming up uh, and told me about it. And he said, come on, we're going to meet me up at this lot. It's $40,000 in Beverly Hills. And I said, $40,000. I said, Dad, either it's a misprint or it's a vertical slope. He goes, no, no, it's not buildable. It's, it's, it's got a problem with the lot. And the, uh, the city has basically deemed it's a non-buildable lot. And it's like... So what the f- are we doing going up? It's 8 in the morning on Sunday morning, Dad. So I ended up going up here. Luckily, I didn't. Met him up here, and uh, turns out that this vacant lot was 50 feet uh, frontage, and it went down the slope about 150, 200 feet. And um, as it turns out, as I told my dad, I said, that's where the Sharon Tate murders took place. And he goes, so? <laughs> We're here to look at this lot. Very cut and dry. And... Um, Three and three-quarter years later, after we bought the lot in uh, January of 1999, we finished the house and I moved in. And it's been a nonstop uh, paranormal roller coaster ever since. But not in the way that you've seen on television or in movies with, you know, people being dragged out of, out of well, I can't say that somebody has been dragged up out of bed, so that has happened, but... Um, needless to say, that was one person that stayed here I that see. had that experience. But I mean, outside of that and the, uh, the uh, experience of Zach Baggins, who got his ass whooped by the spirits here, um, no, it's all good. <laughs> After saying all the, the precursor stuff about everybody else's experience here in the house. Right. Um, let's go back before this house, though. Yeah. Um, what was your first paranormal experience in life? What was the first thing that stood out to you that you thought, wow, what was that? Did anything happen prior to this house in your life? Yeah, when I was a kid, I think it was when I was about five years old, I remember jumping, getting out of, crawling out of my bed and running down the hall to my parents' bedroom in the middle of the night and getting into bed with them and waking up at about three or four in the morning and seeing an object that was um, floating at about four feet in the air and it was going, traveling from my dad's I guess the bathroom door on my bed on the on my dad's on my mom's side of the bed, traveling in front of the bed, a semicircle around around the other side of the bed, to the other door to my dad to my mom to the, yeah to my father's side of the bathroom door on the other side of the bed, and I remember looking at it, going, "What the hell is it?" and staring at this object that literally floated around the bed, and I remember its colors were blue. I think it was blue, green, and red. And it was flashing, and it was just like a ball of light. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And that was my first experience with the paranormal um, a, a interaction, so to speak, as a kid. Yeah. That, I mean, that, would, that would, must have blew you away, right? I mean, to see something floating. How old did you say you were? I was about five years old when it occurred. Okay. And I have to say that... Um, it obviously opened up my brain and my thoughts to curiosity about the paranormal and spirits and ghosts and whatnot ever since that time. Right, right. And then um, as you kind of grew up and got older, was there anything that happened to you uh, when you became more of an adult? Uh, as an adult, I'd had countless experiences where I would have precognition, where I would hear something, tell me something, almost like a, um, a voice in your head telling you something to not do something. For instance, uh, <laughs> when I was 16 years old, after I lost my virginity to, this, to my, my girlfriend, I uh, 
was at the house with her at my parents' house, and my friend who lived close by to her was driving his girlfriend home because we were on a double date, and I said, look, I said, take her home. And she said, her, I think her name was Marcy, and she says, no, she goes, I want you to take me home. And it's like, no, Glenn lives next door to you, right down the street from you, let Glenn take you home. And the spirit voice said to me, he goes, no, don't take her home. And I ended up getting coerced into taking her home, and I ended up having a, a little bit of a car accident where I totaled my car after I'd just spent some $1,500 rehabbing it and setting it all nicely up. So needless to say, I had one of those experiences and a few others that were on the same kind of a line where it said, don't do this. Or when I was 21, I had a birthday party and this character neighbor came in. And at the moment he came in, the spirit said, something bad is going to happen to you and he is going to be directly involved. And that was at eight o'clock at night. Fast forward to about two in the morning, six hours later, I'm out on the... uh, in the kitchen and I'm looking out in the, on the patio and there he is with a silver crystal lead goblet, dessert goblet, that my aunt had sent my mother. And he's holding it in his hand and I'm thinking, oh, 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 I said, Danny, to give me the goblet. So I placed my right hand on his right hand and I put my left hand right under the goblet to catch it. And I said, Danny, give me the goblet. And I looked him straight in the eye. And at that very moment, I saw flames in his eyes. And at that very moment, he managed to take the crown of the goblet with his index finger and his right thumb in his right hand and squeeze it. And supposedly, you can't break a a circle. Well, he managed to to shatter it into three shards, one of which went through my left palm. And as I'm looking at now, I must have one, two, about a two and a half inch scar on the fleshy part of my hand where the shard literally went through my, my palm and lacerated almost all the way down to the bone. They rushed me to UCLA Medical Center after they got him out of the house and they, the doctor said, it's a miracle. I said, what? He goes, you're a millimeter from severing the tendon of your left hand, thumb to your wrist. He goes, as it is, you're just going to have numbness in your finger for the, next, for the rest of your life. And that in itself goes back to what the Spirit said to me before. So yeah, I've had a, uh, a multitude of experiences with the paranormal since I was a kid and young adult. Yeah. Would you say that, uh, I mean, a lot of people call these voices, you know, where you get direction. I've had that experience, and I'm sure you guys have as well. Uh, you think of it as your intuition telling you, don't go this way, go that way. Is this more than that? more than what we would refer to as intuition? I would have to say that it was clearly, definitively a voice. It wasn't like, oh, I think I'll do that. No, your conscience just said, no, 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 no. This was external, separate from myself as a being, as a human. It said something bad is going to happen to you, and he is going to be directly involved. The same thing with um, the, the, <laughs> the, uh, the date and taking her home. Other times, for instance, when I was driving, or I was lost up in Mammoth during a snowstorm, and I had never been there. It was my first time ever there, and it was about 12:30 at night, and I was walking around in 10-foot snow drifts, where they literally had, literally had like three-foot-wide alleys going down these snow drifts that you would get around the the area in, and I'm like, where the f- am I? And I literally got guided back to Mammoth uh, Lakes 
to the lodge where the uh, my friends were staying with their RV van. I mean, they are their motor home, and got home back there safely in about an hour and a half. And I had no sense of direction. It wasn't like I knew where I was. Somebody drove us there earlier in the evening before the snowdrifts came about, and it was like. How the hell am I? It's like, okay, go this. All right, fine. All right. The voice said, go left. No, no, go down another. I was like, okay, fine. Thank you. I appreciate it. So totally devoid of anything that I would be attributing to my own self and um, sense of, uh, <laughs> of uh, self-preservation. It definitely was external. Yeah. And um, it's more than those times. I mean, countless times. And then since living here in the house, other things have occurred and seeing stuff and... Um, I mean, I've always had the ability to see things out of the corner of my eyes and then know something's going to call or something's going to happen. You know, just to happenstance. Like, oh, wow, that's going to... And it's like, they did. Oh, shit. Yeah, so, yeah. Like Sixth Sense. It used to be called extrasensory perception. Yeah. I like to call it that Like the myself. third eye. The third eye, yeah. Um, you know, when you talked about when you were younger, you saw something actually float. I think that that's something that a lot of people, um, when you think of like ghostly encounters, to see stuff. You know, you want to visually see a being or you talk about shadow people. And I know we've got some stories later to talk about that. Um, is that... Do you, does, do you see have you ever seen a ghost anywhere yeah I've seen one full body apparition that was here 13 years ago in 2004 in the summer um, countless times of seeing things out of the corner of my eyes shadow people um, spirits moving you know and just saying oh I just saw that and and let's be clear here just because you see a shadow spirit a shadow figure or a spirit let's not project too much of the aforementioned being a dark energy just because it's dark in its appearance it does not necessitate that it is dark energy just because it's dark it could be just a shadow because they don't want to manifest or cannot manifest as a full apparition as you would like them to be you know they're not here to please you they're here to deal with what they can and do what they can in so many ways without you know burning themselves it's not always how she say um and i don't know if this is true but i would think it would not be prudent to exercise um a certain it would be prudent to exercise a certain amount of discretion upon how much energy you man when you manifest and you utilize because who knows maybe they get tired from you know expending that much energy to manifest and saying i'm here and it's like why the hell did i have to waste all that energy to just say hello Maybe not. Maybe just be a shadow figure out of the corner of their eye, and then they know that they're there. That way it's only using 10% of my battery reserve, so to speak. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, you know, there's no definitive, you know, there's no manual, you know, so everyone's trying to grasp, put their brain around what this is and what, we're, what people are experiencing. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back at the Omen House Live, David Omen and a couple other guys here. We'll get to them in a second. A you are listening to Spirits and More Radio. Have a paranormal story? Tell us at spooksandspirits.com. Spirits and More Radio. Listen to it or I'll come over there and put my boot all up in your ass. <laughs> and we're 
back here with Spirits and More Radio. Uh, we're coming to you live. This is the Halloween special, and we're doing this. It's not quite Halloween just yet, but uh, it's close as we could get uh, to be able to do this show here and uh, have the opportunity to meet and experience uh, Dave's house here uh, that he built. Uh, let's get into that um, real quick, Dave. Let's why, why don't you? So let's talk about like you came here. Uh, you kind of touched upon that a little bit in the beginning, but. Uh, uh, let's hear about the the construction. So you guys decide you're going to buy this land, and uh, you probably hired an architect or something and designed this place. Uh, maybe not. Maybe you designed not, it. Not my dad. But you're going to. Paul decided he was going to do the architecture and design <laughs> himself. God rest his soul. Well, there you go. So, um, so your father was in the construction business. Uh, my father was a builder, architect, designer, um, realtor. Um, what the hell else? Um, plumbing designer. Yeah, jack, a jack of many trades, or a Paul of many trades. I see. So, uh, so, so tell us the story. You bought the land. We bought the land. Um, it was $40,000. And um, within a couple of months, my dad came up with some design ideas. Originally, they only wanted to make it a two-story house. And I looked them square in the eye, my mom and my dad. I said, what the flying? I said, come on, are you serious? What the hell was that? <laughs> Excuse me, what was that? <laughs> Do you know? I heard it. It sounded like something electric. That thing is... That was the water on the... That, that was the refrigerator the, doing the ice maker. But I don't know what the hell that, that was. was a sound I thought it was this antique clock thing. An antique clock thing hasn't worked in years. Piano's downstairs, right? No, it was right here. Well, then that was the piano. No, right. I'm saying the piano is downstairs. Yeah, piano is so downstairs. That come from no, 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 it wasn't piano. I don't know what the hell that was. So as we were saying, so he designed it, and um, let's, you let's, know, there was. I said two stories. I said that makes no sense. I said you've got seventy feet below that's empty space. I said you've got a ceiling for a third and a fourth floor. So finally, we decided to make it three floors, and then they said, well, if you later on you want it, you can build it and develop a fourth level, but we're not going to put in the money for that. We think that's a waste of money right now, and you should save your money and you know use it wisely so we ended up with three floors but he designed it the structural engineer went through it and said look Paul I really would think that considering where the house stands in in Southern California you should really look into putting in some reinforced steel and by that it ended up being that he wanted to put in four steel I-beams you know you call them girders when you see um what do you call it? When you see skyscrapers, you see those steel I-beams that are probably about, let's say about, what are they, 14 inches wide, and they look like an eye that's made out of steel, and they weigh, God, a couple of like 500 pounds each. Well, there are four of those in the structure. There's two supporting the second floor that are then being supported by three steel columns that are, support, that are basically embedded in the concrete, which is reinforced with steel rebar. And then there's another three of those columns supporting two more steel I-beams under the third floor. And you've also got this 30-foot wrought iron staircase that my dad decided to throw in. Well, as a result, there's a lot of steel in here, and it's a lot of reinforced rebar. As a result, we actually have a lot of magnified, magnetized steel. The whole house has got... Mag it's got magnetic energy in it like nobody's business. Um, we found this out, what was this, 12 years ago in 2005 when Dr. Barry Taft came in. 
And Dr. Taft brought in his geo, was a digital geomagnetometer, which had a range of 2,000 milligauss positive to 2,000 milligauss negative. And what Barry said, he goes, look, when if this because if this meter goes off is, hits two thousand milligauss, that is not to say that it could not be registering higher than two thousand milligauss. Our meters only register can read up to two thousand milligauss. As it turns out, he was getting readings of two thousand milligauss positive, all the way up to two thousand milligauss negative in the house. And these are DC electromagnetic fields. And what's interesting is, as Barry said, is normal is between three and 500 milligauss positive. And I said, so what does that mean? He goes, well, I'll give you an idea. When we were doing the original investigation in the Entity House in um, Culver City, we were registering this type of 2,000 milligauss you know, fluctuations when a spirit would ma manifest and then it would disappear, the numbers would return to around three to 400 milligauss positive. He goes, in your house, they're always off the goddamn charts. 24-7, 365 days a year without stop. And the energies are shifting throughout the house. He says it's kind of hard to, like, say, it's staying right here. And it's, if you stand there for too long, you're going to get, you know, miffed. He goes, uh-uh. They're shifting throughout the entire house, going from any floor they want to, and shifting, and they're never staying stagnant. So he says, I can't explain it. And he goes, the only way you could have created a somewhat similar dynamic is to have, if you, during the construction, he said, if you put in four foot by eight foot steel plates on each floor, on opposing sides of the walls, so on the one side of the house, you put these steel plates, and he said, four steel plates, each floor and each wall, so you have eight steel plates that are then are connected to get this, to DC generators that are then gonna convert those steel plates into DC magnets. And then in all three sides, you have them. And I said, how much would that cost? He goes, oh, probably about a good couple hundred thousand dollars <laughs> at the time. I said, and what would that is your electric bill? He goes, your electric bill would be astronomical because you're pushing so much energy into making these steel plates into these into mag giant magnets that the magnetic fields are basically opposing each other on each side of the, the house. So in the middle is this crazy confluence of these EMF levels. And he goes, you're kidding. He goes, did you do that? I said, Barry, you saw my, you know, my dad is as cheap as a $6 bill. I, I said, you know, you crazy? Said, you wouldn't really good. And Barry looked through the house and he says, no, your father didn't do anything like that. He goes, then I can't explain why that you've got readings of this number, of this inordinate level of EMF energy. He goes, it's next to impossible. He goes, but that's when Barry said, I think this house, I'm going to call this house the Mount Everest of haunted houses and the Disneyland for the dead. I said, why is that? He goes, because the house is so extremely elevated. When people walk in, he theorized, that the spirits that are around each and every one of us hit this environment. They can start doing things and manifesting, he said, because the energy that's in the air here allows them to move objects without having to really require them to drain energy off of their own energy inside of their own energy fields. And I'm like, <laughs> really? And we've had things, we've had voices recorded, we've had objects thrown, um, classes of wine slid across dining room tables, we've had people pulled out of bed, we've had cell phones pulled out of people's hands and thrown across the room. Um, I had to say, you name it, we've had faucets turn on by themselves in front of people. Um, 
We've had car batteries drained and in, in uniquely brand new cars. Their batteries are brand new and drained to death. Now, now you told me, I know when we first spoke, you said that right away during construction, things started to happen. Oh, yeah. Maybe you can tell us, you know, the first things that started to go wacky around here. All right. During construction, we had five laborers here from San Salvador that did, were the ages between the ages of 16 to 24. So most of these guys had no clue about Sharon Tate. And I only mention that because people are saying, oh, you know, they knew about the history of the land. It's like, no, they didn't. They knew nothing of the, of the stories of the area. And neither did I. I mean, I knew the stories of the area, but I didn't know anything about the paranormal activity. Yeah, and for those people who are just joining us who didn't catch the show from the beginning, we're at the Omen House. Dave Omen's speaking right now. And this house sits how far, Dave? 150 feet? 150 feet. I'm the fourth house from where Sharon's gate stood. So Sharon Tate killed by the Manson clan uh, back in the 60s, late 60s, right? 67? 69. 69. August 8th into 9th, 1969. So in 69, there was a murder, 150 mass murder, so to speak, or gruesome murder. Five people were horribly killed at the end of the street, yes. And so that that was, uh, they didn't know anything about that, these guys building this house. No clue. So during construction, I would, you know, say to the guys, how are things going? They said, David, were you here last night? It's like, why? He goes, after hours. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, well, because our, um, our equipment seems to be, our tools aren't where they were when we left last night. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, sometimes the hammer is downstairs on the third level when it was upstairs on the second floor where we were working with it because there's no reason for the hammer down there anymore. He goes, did you move? I was like, why would I move your hammer, your tools, guys? I know better than that. You have to pardon the dogs in the background. We have coyotes and we have a couple of dogs downstairs in my bedroom that are barking. So, um, And then one famous story happened, and I found out about this six months after it took place. Um, I think it was um, December of 2001. No, 2000 and, uh, yeah, 2001. I was talking to the guys and said, look, we're, we're done with you guys for the most part. Now we're going to the finishing stages to do the construction. Has anybody had any weird experiences in the house here? And one of the guy goes, yeah. I said, what happened? He goes, well, six months ago in the middle of summer, middle of July, I'm down in the third level working. It's about 90 degrees, and I'm the last one here, and I hear voices and footsteps coming from the top floor. So I come upstairs thinking it's you and your father, you know, checking out the site, and he goes, Senor Paul, Senor David, and he goes, and looks around, there's no one there. So he goes out in the street, and he looks up and down the driveway, and it's empty. He says, at that point, he says, all right, I must have been hearing voices from next door or something, the neighbors. So he goes back downstairs, and he starts working. Ten minutes later, he hears the voices coming again from the top floor. Runs upstairs, takes a look around. He goes, there's no one here. He goes, that's it. I'm getting the hell out of here. So he goes back downstairs, and he starts packing his bags. And all of a sudden, he starts hearing the sound of footsteps coming down the spiral staircase. He says they're getting louder and louder until they got to the very bottom of the landing. And he looks, and he says, there's nothing there. He says, and all of a sudden, this ice-cold breeze comes whizzing across the back of his neck, say about two inches wide. And he says, it's just like ice. But it's just only on his neck. It says all of a sudden his hairs on the whole entire of his body start sitting straight up. And he screams out, Dos mios, dos mios, yame boy, yame boy, which means, oh my God, oh my God, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. And he did. He didn't come back here for six weeks. And I said, that's when you told them you were sick and you were taking care of your sick mom in El Salvador. And he goes, yeah. 
I said, I remember that because I ended up waiting for you to put the goddamn tiles in the master bathroom. <laughs> and I said, damn it, I can't wait forever. So I put them in myself. Needless to say, the entire house has got great tiles, <laughs> except for the master bathroom where they're a little bit askew and a little taller than others. And it's like the pattern doesn't make any rhyme or reason to the natural marble. And it looks like it. So if people don't believe me, Come take a look at my master bathroom and you tell me, does this match the rest of the house for quality? Because it sure as hell doesn't look like it to me. <laughs> so um, you, you've experienced, now you live here all the time, but when guests come in, people come and visit. And I'd like to, I'd like to get to Jeff, uh, sure. who I met today. Let's scoot sure. that mic over sure. a little bit. You'll share with me? I'll share your microphone. <laughs> there you well, go. Just okay. take it and do with it what you will. Well, so, so, so Jeff, now you, uh, I just met you today. Uh, and and you kind of told me your story. Uh, you you're you're a witness to the the paranormal activity in this house. Maybe yes, you can I've share a lot of paranormal activity in this house. Uh, it, it, I I I have so many stories. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> I could I could tell you ones I haven't even told you yet. Yeah, let's but, let's start with the beginning. So you didn't know Dave. No, you, you I, came here somehow. I, I, a, a producer who who I was doing a, a documentary for was doing publicity for a, for this great horror movie that David had made, and. I started having things happening in my own house. Now they've been going on my whole life. You asked David when when to, I, I I have memories of things going back to three and a half years old. But my parents always explained it to me. Oh, that's a car going by. Oh, that's a that's an earthquake. Or right. you know, but but there were things that they. So, but but I I was I was raised to be a skeptic. And one of the great things about coming here and having it open up is now I'm suddenly remembering all these things from my childhood. Oh my God, that was, the, no, the cats didn't do that. They couldn't have gone up on the shelf and taken that folder out and opened it on the bed for me. You know, things like that. But uh, the, I came up here to meet a paranormal researcher uh, on Halloween night, uh, 2006. And uh, a lot of things happened, but the last thing that happened, there, there is an energy in this house. I, you've, you, you've both felt, yeah, Eric's felt it, you felt it, you felt the, 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 the varying. So after a while, it does have an effect on you. And I was trying, and, and I left my girlfriend alone on the first floor. I was down on the third floor, and I thought, I've been down here too long, and I started to go up. And this fella, who's a nice guy who I had met earlier, was just in front of me, manic, just, just, and he couldn't stop talking to me about what was going on in the house. And I said, yes, but I have, and I would step to go by him and he would step to block me. This is on the second floor. And, and so I said, oh, okay, I'll hear him out. And I hung my hand over the railing and all of a sudden I was aware of a twitch in my hand and it wasn't a twitch, something was yanking on the keychain, Huh. From the center, from, from, from the center down the, the 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 staircase, and and I yanked it up, and all the keys came off the chain. And there's there's little, and I stress this: this is a toy switchblade that's only about an inch long, and, and and it had been stuck and it had never opened, and it opened, and and flew and hit me in the stomach. 
and then and then landed on the ground. And I thought, wow! And I gathered everything up. I put it back together. I came upstairs. My my girlfriend is standing very close to where we're sitting right now, and she had this look on her face. She says, "We have to go. We have to go right now." Huh. And I I can tell you what happened to her. But but I said, "No, you 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 don't understand. You know what just happened to me on the staircase?" And at that moment, all the all the keys came off the keychain she she saw witnessed as the switchblade opened up and hit me on the stomach again <laughs> wow so i said to david i said well next can i come back I, i'd met him for the first time that evening and it was a great bunch of people here and, and david was friendly i said david can i can i come back and bring my camera this is 2005 so there weren't all these paranormal shows that we have now that are so pervasive no no offense to you i think what you're doing with this cross-platform thing is great but but um uh so i brought my camera back the next time and i started coming back and i started coming back i was here maybe three times a week sometimes on a weekend for a party for for almost just two months short August, September, October. No, four months short of five years. Uh, my my last visit here for a while was August 9th, uh, two, 2009. I see. So I have 300, 400, 100 hours of There is something on every moment of that film in terms of what people call EVPs, but uh, you will experience some of them tonight, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're not... EVPs, you hear them with your ears. Everybody hears them. Right. They're right. they're physical manifestations. Right. And and but I was a jerk for a couple of years because I was a skeptic. So I'm getting this evidence. I'm collecting the evidence. I have it in front of me. Well, but I'm making it, jokes about it. And you said to me earlier that you were a member of a skeptical yes, society. Yes, I was, a, I was a longtime member. I was with Michael Shermer's California Skeptics when they began because I was with the former group, the Southern California Skeptic Society. And, and you know, James Randi and Joe Nickel and all these people who I now have not as much respect for anymore. Once you once it's happened to you, there is now you could you could turn on any crazy show in the afternoon and hear somebody telling about how Santa Claus appeared, and 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 I my default is now to believe them. Ah. Because because everything has happened here. Now you I, did debunk people, though. You so you told me earlier that you had kind of, you know, you would pay attention, and you said that uh, you did spend some time sort of debunking, and there were some things that you felt weren't legitimate. Well, it, it, it's not that. It's that if if there's any other way to explain it, like a car like a car driving by, like my parents always did, uh, or something, then then. You either you you can still put it in your personal journal, but you can't call that as really you can't call that evidence, because if there's another explanation, you know you got to go with Occam's razor, the the simplest explanation. But uh, so I was I was pretty haughty for a couple of years. I was a jerk, and then I recorded a voice that said to me, "Okay, let's try to talk." come to the bottom of the stairs but i struggle making words with other people and that sounded to me like a like a hungarian accent you know like a like maybe that was Wojtek. and it was so it was so compelling i just suddenly felt awful and i came back the next day david was here in the kitchen and i stood in the stairway which is where i have recorded most of these great recordings and i apologized to the ghosts 
and I and I said, look, I'm sorry, I've been a jerk for two years. If you want to talk about something, I'm here to listen, and I'm sorry for all the all the stuff I was doing. Yeah, you know, somebody would <laughs> toss their keys to me, and I'd go, did did you see that? Did you just see that? Where'd the keys come? You know. Yeah. And after that, they always welcomed me. It felt like puppies jumping up and down on me and licking me. Interesting. And, when, and when I would try to leave, they would always take something from my camera case or my pocket, always, every time, and hide it in some unlikely place. Once I showed up here and was just getting my equipment ready together, uh, getting it together on the dining room table, and my girlfriend went down with David to the office to do something, and she comes back and she says, Jeff, is this your phone? <laughs> yes. Where was it? It was on David's copier, upside down. I almost didn't see it, black and black, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, 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 so, it, so, so you were, this house changed you from a skeptic to a believer. Completely. This house. Yes. Nowhere else. Prior well, to, well, prior to well, this house. Well, I, my house has always been haunted. And I, as I said, I've been having experiences since I was a little kid. But, uh, but the thing that drove me up here to meet the uh, paranormal researcher is if you've got time this is kind of an interesting story this this doppelganger started appearing in my house appearing to look like my girlfriend and and it started with i smelled perfume i'd be i i like to work in the dark like at 3 a.m in the back of the house uh -huh. with, with no lights on you know and and it's weird to smell something and then i saw movement and then i saw a shadow of a woman and then the very next time i saw it it it, it uh, i was carrying groceries and my girlfriend was right behind me and there's a door to the computer room and it was exactly at 45 degrees so i'm going to be the gentleman and i'm going to step aside and i saw her walk past me and there's a window in the, in in the door and i saw her walk down the hall and i realized oh I turned the modem off. You want to turn the modem off. And behind me, just entering the room, my girl's girlfriend says, what? And I turn around, ah! And she, and she hears me scream, and she screams. So, you know, just like in the movies. Yeah. And I, you just walked in there, and there was nothing. And, and the final, final, and then it started appearing as my cat, and then guests would see it. They said, oh, I didn't know Cashmere was here. You know, she just came floating down the stairs and ignored me, you know, uh, like that. So, so the final time, I couldn't find my keys, and I was looking in the computer room, and Kashmir comes to the door, and I said, look, I'm going to have to borrow your keys. And as I pass her, she says in a very uh, cartoony, sexy voice, oh, do you have to? <laughs> and I, and I, it's, I stopped for a second. I said, I didn't look back. I said, well, it's only temporary, you know, and I walked into the kitchen and Kashmir is standing there and says, what's temporary? Huh. <laughs> so, wow. so we, so that, that was the final straw for me. It spoke. Right. It was getting better and better at its manifestations. Wow. And, and maybe somebody listening, uh, can explain this, uh, there was always something wrong with the clothing. Uh, she'd have a blue sweater on, but when I would see this thing, it would have a gray sweater on. Oh, so there was a discrepancy. There was a discrepancy. My cat is mostly dark. When it appeared as my cat, it was mostly gray. Huh. But for some reason, I, I noted it, but didn't react. Yeah, I, you must yeah. have had things like that happen. But, but this last appearance, it was perfect. And so I thought, well, that's, I got I to gotta get rid of this thing. We never got rid of it. Uh, Christmas 
2000, uh, what was it, 2006, there was the Sri Lankan tsunami. I, I came out on, I came out on, you know, Christmas Day, midnight, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I looked up in the sky here in L.A. and I saw this huge ring. And I thought, my gosh, it looks like a, it looks like the Earth's shadow. How can we be seeing? It was a full moon. Yeah. How can we be seeing the Earth's shadow? I called my friend up in San Mateo. Step outside and, and, and look outside. She says, what is that? It's this huge ring. It, the, the tsunami had splashed water up into the stratosphere. Wow. And it froze and it created for, for a few hours, I guess, uh, uh, this thing. And they said in several reports that the earth rang like a bell. Huh. And after that night, all the activity at my house stopped. Interesting. So I came up here to get it. Wow. Huh. <laughs> all right, you guys, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. We're going to talk to Eric Van Leer about his experiences here at the Omen House. Spirits and more radio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Spirits and More Radio coming to you live from the Omen House. This is our Halloween special, and uh, we've uh, we've spoke with Dave, and and I don't know where Dave is. Dave Dave somewhere, uh, but uh, but Jeff just told us some of his experiences here in the house, and we have Eric Van Leer here as well, who you guys should know well. He was a uh, our very first guest on episode one, and uh, he's joined us on a few other episodes, and I wanted him to be here for this because I know he's been you been to this house eric many times right i have and i wish uh, zach bagans could join us here tonight but he's apparently scared of the location <laughs> and uh people's portrayals on tv don't always reflect reality as far as you mean when people uh, what you what you see because because for, for those tight, listening you know, i'd like wearing you skin tight shirt shouldn't be afraid of a house in beverly hills <laughs> so for for those of you who don't know uh Ghost Adventures came here to this house, and they. And he spent... won't come back without Barry Taff now, supposedly. Really, that's what they say. <laughs> but tell us about your experience here. Well, as you know, um, after my experience a few years ago, <laughs> um, where uh, some things happened overseas, a lot of my memories are repressed. So my early days here, um, I can't really remember. Uh, but the, the time before the last time I came here, we were doing a seance in the UCLA room. And I started getting very oppressed and angry. And I had to leave. And on the way out, I actually tripped and fainted. Uh, 
The last time I was here, which was the uh, first two home investigation, I had been very tired and uh, there was a, uh, a mediumship sex, uh, session being run and I, I, I started dozing off. But before I did, I think I said, you know, people were talking about their relatives, their grandmothers and, you know, you would think someone uh, would say, well, can you talk to Sharon? Can you talk to Jay? A name popped up into my head. I believe it was uh, Fred or, or, or Frank. Um, I, I don't know who that is, but I, I, I told the, the person leading the, uh, the session, I said, I'm, I'm getting the name Frank or Fred. And I started dozing off and, you know, I was coming in and out of consciousness. It was, you know, when you're, when you're really tired, but there's a lot of activity around you, you know, that tends to happen. You go into these like, uh, semi-gogic hypnotic states where you're, you're going in and out of sleep. Um, so at one point I, I came to and everyone was saying, uh, did you say the name Frank or Fred? Um, and it, it took me a second for red to register and I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. And, and I'm all like, why? And they said, uh, because the spirit box keeps, keeps saying that name. And I never figured out, you know, who, who that person was. It doesn't really matter. Uh, and then we did a, a few sessions. I, uh, I saw a shadow person next door. I don't remember which level it was, but there's uh, like this little uh, like crawl space, uh, uh, a mid-level attic type thing. And I saw, uh, I saw an apparition. It was just its legs and it actually charged at me. And then uh, Crystal Marie Gropp, who I know from the haunt industry, she does a lot of the extreme haunts also, uh, which are the haunts you have to sign a waiver for. Not paranormal, but uh, Halloween, immersive. Uh, it's, not, it's like not Scary Farm, except they, there's gray areas. They could torture you and stuff. <laughs> right. so, so she was here, and uh, Mike Fontaine was here. And Crystal and her friend Amber... Um, I had never met Amber, but I, I did know Crystal. They were like, can you take us into this room? And they didn't know about my experience at that point. Um, but the same thing happened. Uh, this, like, torsoless body charged at Amber, and it, it kind of, um, you know, obviously startled her. And then we also had a session. And when you say a tor... You saw a pair of legs. It was a pair of legs, yeah. Running, just materialize or come around the corner or? Well, when I saw it, it had seemed to come from, you walk in and there's like, it's like this area straight ahead. It looks, I don't remember, there's like pipes or something in there, electronics, uh, 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 um, you know, utilities. Yeah. And uh, to me, it had seemed to come from... I believe like from the from in front of me it's hard to explain it was like interdimensional it came from the front but then it also came from the side at the same time hmm. and then when it happened to amber came from the side which is where i had seen it also uh i, I did see her reaction but i didn't see it the second time and then we were doing an evp session i think it was well i was doing an evp session i, I believe it was with a different group of people and it felt heavy in this room. And uh, we got an EVP, which at the time I thought said, uh, it's the monster. 
but David went over it a couple of times, and it actually said, uh, no, it said, I'm the monster. And David went over it a couple of times, and uh, it actually said, I'm the mobster. Oh. So I, I, I like I'm the monster better than I'm the mobster. <laughs> than the mobster, right. <laughs> I, I grew up liking, uh, you know, and having all, you know, watching all the good fellows and stuff, so I, yeah. I like that whole, you know, vibe. But I, I think I'm the monster is a little bit more unique. Well, and that brings up, I wanted to, I don't know where Dave is. Would you mind going to see if you can find him? Because I want to talk about that EVP that he captured just a couple, like, in the last week. I also want to mention I feel bad. I talked about my paranormal experiences, but nothing that's happened here. Everything that's happened to me here, I've documented as well. Ah. But, but uh, let me go find Dave. Okay. <clears throat> so, Eric, uh, tell us about... Um, Seeing the actual, you know, seeing something like you described the legs running, but there's also feelings. Lots of people talk about the energy in this building. Right. Well, um, what creeped me out was the time before last that I was here because I, I, I started getting very oppressed and feeling violent, you know, and then we're sitting around, we're sitting in a, uh, a group at a table and I felt... And this happens to me, you know, I'm, I'm an empath, I'm, I do have some mediumship, psychic abilities, whatever buzzwords you want to use. Right. Um, and I, I, I haven't acted out on anything yet, knock on wood, but when I get these oppressive feelings, it's like, I want to hurt someone, you know? <laughs> and that's, that's why I had to... Did you have the store? No. <laughs> Damn it. Go ahead, Eric. So, yeah, it's not I, did, I, did, I didn't open it. I didn't open it. We're having, we're having some kind of feline uh, situation. Yeah, the cat. So, um, yeah, so, so, I, so I, I got oppressed, and that's why I left. Because I didn't, you know, I'm... A lot of times, um, being as in tune to the paranormal world as I am, I'll have a lot of things happen to me on a personal level. And when I had this oppression... You're talking about here at this house, Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just in general, but here at this house specifically, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when, when, this, when this happened, when I got oppressed, I, I had to leave, you know. Like I said, I've never acted out on something. Right. <laughs> We've got some stuff going on downstairs with a cat. Cat escape. This is... <laughs> We'll take a break real quick, and we'll be right back after this message.
All right, and we're back with Spirits and More Radio. We're at the Omen House tonight uh, for our Halloween special. And uh, we were talking with Eric Van Leer. Uh, we had a cat escape for a moment, so we had to get that wrapped up. Uh, but Eric, you're back with us. Let's, let's wrap so, up. So one of the epic things about here, about the Omen House, and I'm always busting his balls about it, David loves his animals, but his reactions with his dogs and cats is epic. <laughs> So no, so so like I was saying, I got oppressed. I've I've never. Let me rephrase that. You, you fainted. <laughs> Cut the crap. You fucking fainted like a goddamn rag doll. We all commented about it. We was down the third level during the middle of an investigation, and there he is. Here we go. Here we go. And there it's like, boom. I'm like, what the fuck happened with Eric? And he just splattered right in the floor. Really? I was he like, was that to make? And then Steve says, goes. Eric's been known to faint at other locations as well. And it's like one, does he make a habit of this? I said, no, he goes, he's been at other locations and sometimes he's had fainting spells. It's like, okay, I've never had anybody faint in my house, regardless of what Barry Taft said on but, the uh, but But unlike certain people, here I am. Um... Let me take that back. So I have... No, he's not here. (laughs) You're not here. Take it back. I have acted out on being oppressed once. It was with one of my main investigators. It was on a high-level case where we found out uh, myself and Rob Hernandez and someone else through mediumship and psychic abilities, what have you, we found out it was a drug overdose. There was a lot of heaviness. It was in the Antelope Valley. I got possessed, and I pushed uh, Fidel against the wall and he's a big guy so I have acted out against that he was understanding he wanted to help me um, that was the only time but at, at the house I did become oppressed on that uh, on that occasion and then like David said I fainted I see um, I want to I want to talk about the EVPs or the voices because it was one week ago, Dave, that you put... Three weeks. Three weeks now? Okay, it's been three weeks, but one of the last things that you can find... Uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your YouTube, because that's where they're going to be able to hear this for themselves. Yeah, if you want to, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash David Omen. Did he just lock the door when he left the house? I think he locked the door on himself. But all right, so in a few seconds, we're going to hear a knock, 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 and Eric's going to be out there. Well, that's another thing I forgot to mention. Um, Beyond just EVPs, which we've gotten of human beings speaking, we've had dogs barking, we've had cats. Well, I have cats, but we've had cats meowing that were not in the room where we were. Um, We've also had knocks at the front door. And then we'd go to the front door and there'd be no one there. Um, Just before you guys arrived tonight, 10 mm-hmm. minutes before you rang the doorbell, yeah. I was up here by myself and there was a, a Knock rap, at the rap, door. rap, rap, rap on the door. And I, and I yelled down to David, David, I think they're here. And I ran and I looked up and there, there's, nobody, there's nobody on the street either way for 100 yards. Right. And you guys got here at a quarter, about 10 minutes to five. Yeah. We can look that up on the uh, video cameras on the monitors there. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that. We're, we're yeah. going to talk about how uh, I'm going to show this. As a matter of fact, I'm going to swing my camera around right now, and I'm going to show you guys. Take a look at that. Uh, for those of you, sadly, if you're just listening to the audio, you can't see this. But if you're on Periscope or YouTube or Facebook, uh, look at those cameras. These are all the cameras that David has installed Okay, so that through the cameras. See, that's us here. So this that's is... The here. That's me. You see me waving. 
That's from the wall we are in the, uh, let's see, that's in, in the living room. We'll go over here with this camera. And there you can see Jeff, and there you can see Steve. Wait for the people. So there we go. See if you can't see me, that's yep. the uh, past room. You can see that there's Jeff, and that's my living room. And I'll go to the next camera. And then this is looking down. You can see there's Jeff there. And you see somebody's also comments. This you can see there's Jeff putting his hand on his head. That's basically <laughs> the um, living room. Then, of course, you have, let's see if this one comes up. That's, there you are. There I am. Hi. Where, where am I? Where am I looking? Well, that's that camera there. That's there. And you can see, of course, right behind you is Jeff, and you can see Steve there as well. And we've got a camera also on the figurines. There's the wall camera that's covering that. Is that Eric? I think I hear Eric stumbling. Eric? There's my bedroom with my two dogs and my four, three cats are in that room. There's the second floor hallway. And that's infamous because on my YouTube channel, one of the earliest YouTube videos I've got is of the same angle of my cat coming out of the hallway into the hallway from my office. And it's dark night, about three, four in the morning. And we have the infrared light on and the cats tracking objects that are floating up and down that hallway. It's called Tess has to deal with some ghosts. It's probably about, about eight, let's say about eight, nine years old now, but it's an incredible video. And the cat was very aggressive towards uh, light, laser lights and um, flashlights. Now, wait a minute, go back there. Cause was that Eric at the front? Yeah, so go, go to the view where we see them all. Okay, so let's let those populate. So. I've zoomed the I've zoomed the camera in now so you guys can see there's a little Eric bit better. So there's Eric at the front door. But basically almost every inch of this house is covered with a camera. And what's and what can now let's talk about a Right. Now now one of the things let's There's my office. And that's the scene of the one of the latest things that happened yeah. is the office right that there. That camera right there is where we have the EVP where it said fucking press. Right. So if you go to, to David's uh, YouTube channel, you can hear that for yourself. But essentially what happened, it wasn't, uh, as Jeff said earlier, it wasn't like it was a, a voice that we didn't, that was not audible that got captured on audio. This was something that David heard he went back, I saw this video, we, when, we first, when I first got here, he took me to his office and he showed me that clip. But what he showed me wasn't the direct clip of it happening, it was the clip of him finding that moment with his cameras. And essentially, he caught, the, he caught this voice you know, and it was him reacting, I got you. You know, you said, I got your ass, I think is what you said. Oh, yeah. But I got you. So what's interesting is you heard that, yeah. then you went back, you jumped on your camera system, and you went and you looked it up, and it was there, and you got it. And now it's on the YouTube. So you guys can go listen to that. And it's clear as day. That, that voice that you hear is clear as day. Yeah, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I was, I was just shocked. I was impressed, but I was shocked that we actually captured it. It was one of the most 
insane videos, you know, like I said, I captured the man saying, what is he saying? He's saying, this is fucking pricks. And my, other, my response says, okay, who are the fucking pricks? I can only be one person. So it's, if I'm a fucking prick, you're referring to me, but you said fucking pricks. Who are the pricks? That was the curiosity about the paranormal. You know, when they did that, I was like, well, who are you talking about? Can't be me. Um, in, in my estimation, I have EVPs or vocal manifestations. You hear them all, I, uh, where they're talking to each other. Wow! And I even have one from this house, from here, from here. Yeah, from this. This is the only place where I've shot video to 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 capture it. Okay. And so so you've got now now. Now this is now. I, after I apologized on the stairs, I came back. And I sat there and I said, hi, I'm here, I'm listening, I'm gonna be quiet. Uh, and a shadow figure appeared on the second floor hallway, leaning against the wall right at the stairwell. And, and I couldn't believe it. Cashmere, Cashmere, come down here, my girlfriend. And it, and it turned and it started to walk away. I said, no, don't walk away, it's, it's just Cashmere. And, and I asked her what she saw before I told her what I saw. We both saw the same thing. He looked over his right shoulder, he turned around, he walked back, and he just leaned up against the wall. And so I, I started talking, and, and there are many voices that are going. Uh, this is, the, the soundtrack is straight off my camera, PCM file. Okay. Uh, uh, but, but when I talk, I'm right by the camera, so I'm much louder. And then on top of it, this is, I'm taking this from a video where I narrated further. So I'll try and we'll, we'll just play it. This is, uh, I finally heard his voice clearly. I hear you, and the answer, I hear you. That's pretty, pretty interesting, isn't it? I hear you. You're asking questions about this universe. <clears throat> I hear you. So that, so that, so that's right. that one. Yeah. Later on, I thought I asked, "Who, who are you?" What I had actually asked, because I felt that was Wojtek Frakowski. We had, this, we had this feeling that they were always here together as a group. So we always thought of them as our four friends. I see. And, and I could and get for, that. And for, for people who don't know who that is, explain. Oh, oh uh, the, 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 there were five victims that night of the Manson family. And, and even to this day, I try not to go back to those murders and don't want to learn anything. But, uh, uh, but Jay Sebring was killed. Jay Sebring, when I was in junior high, cut my hair twice. He was a friend of my aunt's. Wow. I thought that was interesting. Uh, he was a friend of Sharon Tate's, who was married to Roman Polanski. He was in Europe making a film. Uh, they, Roman Polanski and Sharon were both friends with Wojtek Frykowski and Abigail Folger, the heir to the Folger fortune, yeah. uh, who were dating. And, uh, and there was Steve Parent who came to sell a, a, a digital clock or something to, to, to the caretaker. Had nothing to do with, with them. He just happened to be in the driveway when they showed up. 
Uh, and so, for some reason, I did well. It makes sense. Steve Parent is around here. People have heard him, but but those four hang together with us. They are also the clearest voices that I record in this house okay. at that time. Uh, and I, what I said was, which one of you am I speaking with? I was only seeing the six foot tall shadow. All I hear with my ears is a woman saying Claude Rains. And I think, well, that's, well, that's a typical Ouija board kind of answer. You know, it doesn't mean anything. It's not really responsive. That's great. I got home and put the headphones on and listened. And what actually happens, I said, which one of you am I speaking with? And a girl, a younger, well, younger woman goes, oh, he can see us. The shadow figure says, you sure? Another woman, an older woman, says, Claude Rains. Claude Rains played the Invisible Man. Oh. And, and Universal, back there in 69, re-released all its horror movies. And you sure that, a, that Roman Polanski in a, in a, uh, uh, <laughs> Roman Polanski in a film, people who were up on the latest hip things, they would have seen the Invisible Man in a theater, probably, with Claude Rains, because it ran here in Westwood. Uh, so she goes, oh, he can see us. You sure? Claude Rains. And, and the Wojtek figure says, he certainly can't see us unless everybody effed it up. He huh. said the actual word. I'm yeah. censoring yeah. myself. Yeah, thank you. So, so, <laughs> so, you, so you have a, because I think Dave, David has a different feeling about whether or not the spirits from the murder scene have gravitated over here. here here's what happened. And this is my theory. Yeah. But they tore down, uh, the producer Jeff Franklin built that huge mansion up there now where the murder site was. And the construction started a little before then, like a year before then. They leveled the hill. Every day I was here, there were bulldozers going up and, and pile drivers. And when did this happen? What, when, did they, when did they bulldoze down the house? For, for those of us just joining us, because we read, we did our broadcast with a new title. Welcome. We're, this is Spirits and More Radio. We're at uh, David Oman's house, which sits 150 feet away from where the Manson family murdered Sharon Tate and others. And uh, we're speaking with David's friend, Jeff. Uh, who's captured uh, EVPs and voices here in this house? And what we're fit, what we're talking about is 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 why um, why we think that these spirits are ghosts from the Manson murder, which was you know next door, would be here at David's house. So uh, the murders happen, and then what period of time goes by before now, the house I, now, is leveled? Now, if if Cashmere were here. She would be able to tell you all these <laughs> dates. Sometime I, I can't tell you exactly when. I mean, was I, it was it within a year? Was it ten years? Twenty years? No, no. Uh, from the time of the murders? No, from the time that the murders happened to the house being completely yeah, wiped no, out. Yeah, I, I I actually don't know, but the new construction didn't begin up there until uh, around 2004. When did construction big begin on Franklin's house? David, 2008. No, that's too late. When did they wipe the old house out? When did oh, they? 1994. They tore down the original. House. So in '94, the original house that the murders took place in, where uh, the house was leveled, and then it wasn't until. Yes, Eric, go ahead. I just heard a disembodied voice say my name. <laughs> it just whispered in my what, ear. What? Which ear? 
my left ear. It, and it, look here, look at look at my arm. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. His, all his hair is standing up Feel on my his arm. arm. It's freezing cold. Wow. What? I am ice cold right now. I am ice cold. That's strange. Well, Spirit, the spirits are wait, talking. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Hold on a second. Are you saying this house is haunted? Oh, wait. I'm, I'm going to have to. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going to have to leave until uh, Barry Taft shows up. <laughs> I, I have stories about Barry Taft, too. But, and for, for but, our. Uh, but uh, who just did that? It's over here, right there. Right. There it is. Sorry, everybody. This show's a little bit different because we are live on the road. <laughs> uh, but so, what I wanted to say, or what I, uh, I, I let just, me set this up. But why don't you guys, because you keep mentioning Barry Taff. Everybody in this room no, knows who he is. So tell everybody else who he is. Well, I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about him, uh, actually. Can someone tell yes, the audience Barry who Taff he is? An old friend of mine. In the meantime, I want to let you guys hear some real good EVPs. No offense, Jeff. No. I'd rather have the solid ones that we've got from better times. So I'm going to. But I just want to finish the story while he's he, there's no microphone over there. They can hear my voice. I know they project very well. Yeah, but the EVPs. Don't worry, they'll be louder than you can scream and yell at. Okay, well, so, just to finish the story. Yeah, let's finish the, the story. The, the, so they the, when we showed up, the construction was already underway, and the and and those spirits were here. The night that he had his opening night party for all his friends the the his, new owner of the, the house the new owner of the house which is uh, well it was jeff franklin uh, okay. the producer uh, and uh, and things they were still here but they kept giving me and cashmere messages that that they that they were leaving they were going and and the difference between the, the the difference between the energy when I was here, while the construction was going on, uh, I, I I've been back here now, getting back in touch with my friend David after a seven year hiatus, eight year hiatus, uh, and uh, uh, I I don't I I I don't feel their presences now. I'm that's not to say that they're not mobile and can't come down here and haven't visited David. But, right, or that we can't call them right now. Right, but 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 I feel that they drifted down a lot. Besides them, I think a lot of spirits drifted down here to David's house, which is very hospitable. He's a very hospitable guy, and his house, is, portal or, or not, is just a fun place for ghosts to hang out. And I think they drifted down here to get away from the noise and the construction. And once it was done, now there's a more eclectic group in here, and I and I personally. Haven't felt the, the the presence of Wojtek. <laughs> and, and and how do Dave, David tell us? Here, I have a whole different uh, perspective. Now David has a different perspective. Thing, Let's hear him. Um, the whole story about the house and and Sharon Tate came about. Um, sh Tommy, stop it! You'll eat after we do the show. Come on. <laughs> that's the cut cat. It. Tommy, Tommy's the it. cat. They can't hear. I have three cats and they can't. All right, if you can't hear it, that's okay. All right. So as I was saying. Um, one of them is really loud. Um, Lisa Williams came here 10 years ago after the Ghost Hunters show came out here. They were the first show. 
And it backtracked about Barry Taft. Barry was and is a paranormal investigator who's been in the field for some 45 years now. And Barry came here for a year and from 2005 to 2006. He was brought by my um, publicist, Steve Rubin, when we were working on my movie and shooting the initial parts of it. And Barry came through, and Barry had some serious physical ailments from the house. He was, it was affecting him tremendously. Um, he was having some, uh, as he told me, some weird, violent sexual dreams after his first visit to the house. And I quote Barry, and I, he said, he goes, I'm having some weird, violent sexual dreams, David. I said, I can't explain. I said, what the fuck? I said, Barry, what is a weird, violent sexual dream? <clears throat> he goes, well, and you'll have to excuse me if I speak like Barry right now. It's just because um, I, uh, I imitate him when I talk about him. So, but what if you're, well, here's the dream, David. I'm asleep, I'm in, on my bed, and I got my, bo- my shorts on, and there appear to be three women that are cl- naked, and they're, they're sitting there massaging my chest and my stomach, and um, all of a sudden I feel sharp pain coming from my stomach. And I look, and I look, as I lift my head up to look down at my stomach, they're sticking their hands into my skin and tearing my skin apart and ripping into my flesh and digging my stomach apart. And I said, what happens? He goes, well, the next thing I know is, is I, I wake, I, I, I get up and I go to the, to the kitchen and I get some milk and I warm it up and I have, it, have a little hot warm milk and you know, I ask him to eat and then I go back to bed. And he goes, and here's where it gets strange. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, it gets stranger? He goes, well, yeah, this is where it really gets strange. I said, okay, what's, what's happening? He goes, the dream picks up where it left off. And I'm going, wait, 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 wait. They're in the middle of disemboweling you, and they're tearing your guts apart, and you're looking up, looking at your stomach, and he goes, he goes that's exactly where it picks up from. I said, oh, my God. He goes, that's not the whole of it. I said, what's, what's the fucking rest? He goes, I get up again. I get up again, and I go into the kitchen, and I just sit there for 10 minutes and try to clear my head, and I breathe deep, and I just, get to, just forget it, just get over it. Go back to bed, and again, it picks up right again where it left off. And this goes on for the next three or four nights. And that's what happens. And it's like three nights, three goes, the same, the same dream over and over again. It's all happening. So that was what happened with Barry. I see. All, all, all right. I, I, I have to speak. Can okay. I go? We don't have yeah. time. 30 seconds. What do I have? We have time. Go uh, ahead. Don't uh, give him time. I want to <coughs> talk about Barry and why he doesn't come back and why there's a rip. Well, there, there's another problem with Barry Taff. And my girlfriend, Cashmere White, is working on a, an entire expose but uh, but I did the first research which was to call the universities that he was supposedly associated with and ask for any kind of student record on him as an undergraduate or a graduate student or a doctoral candidate <laughs> he's not he, 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 does, he doesn't he have at UCLA with he, yes but that's that. but that's at a research that has nothing to do with scholastic uh, accomplishment he has no degrees and yet he calls himself a doctor and and you and I have had a lot of experiences with him where he would tell us each different things about the same thing it's it's I, I had to go through all my notebooks that I compiled during those years and just throw it all out because if you can't trust one thing how do you trust another right right so um, we, we heard your EVPs earlier. And Except David's, I got better EVPs. I, I can unload yeah. it up. But, but more importantly, 
You not, might not be able to trust some of what Barry said, but the fact is I saw firsthand the instruments. I saw firsthand the incidents where he took a infrared sensor, um, alarm sensor, and put his hand out over the stairwell right in front of us. Do we have a call coming in? No. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go, go. That's go. the end of the show. And, uh, and basically, you know, I saw it go off on its own twice. And he put it right out over the stairwell, and the closest object is the wall across it, and it was right there, Eric, where he was, and he did it like this. He had the infrared mon uh, sensor in his hand, and he literally just put it out over here. Because Barry's not much tall, much more, it's a few inches shorter than I am, but his hand literally went about a foot out over the stairwell. And this, it's just sitting there for like 10 seconds, and all of a sudden it goes off. And I was like, I said, Barry, he goes, that's not possible. He goes, well, I said, what do you mean? He goes, it's an infrared beam that sends a light, beam of infrared light out. And when something crosses the field, it turns on the alarm. And I'm like, no way. And he goes, I don't believe it either. And so he resets it. He does it again. And 20 seconds later, it's set off again. I said, okay, I believe it now. He was also here when a glass of wine flew across the gosh darn bar. Barry was there, and there was nobody here, and there was a glass of wine here, and it went flying across. That was the other glass of oh. wine. The first one was here because it was a gosh darn stain oh, yeah. of wine, red wine on the goddamn wall that I had to have painted over. There's another occasion where Barry was over there, and a glass also in a, in a cup. I think it was water, though. Got flown at him. This, this was the same night. I got the end of that. I, I, there, were two, there were two tossed... Glasses. glasses of wine and then I I heard a noise I whipped around and just got this this cup with ice and coke I think uh, in it flung out of the kitchen hit right at Barry Taft's heels the ice cubes bounce across bounce off the wall and come back and I turn the camera there's nobody in the kitchen <laughs> nobody in the kitchen I believe that and we've had other things, like I said, when Barry was here, he had an air-eye encounter because he theorized that, he says, I wonder if it's possible because we're getting these high EMF levels that are all strange and crazy in the house, what would happen during one of the Santa Ana windstorms? So Barry went and took this air, digital air-eye encounter and he was right here in the house and he checks and goes, 22 parts per million per cubic centimeter positive. He goes outside and he texts it and it's, two th it's the same exact 22 parts per cubic millions per cubic centimeter, and it's negative. He goes, it's not possible. Was it inside or outside was negative? Was it no, it was inside. Inside, so inside, so it's inside it was, it was, was negative. negative. It was negative here. Or inside and outside, it was positive. So he goes, the reversing polarity, and it's all in his documentation. I actually have some pieces of um, literature here on Dr. Taft. I actually have his reports, his scientific reports that I can reference. Well, yeah, there they are. So don't start, Jeff. No, I, I've said my piece. Well, yes, you said too much. <laughs> okay, we're getting a little bit on, on uh, going off that. there, but let's. I think but people want to hear the EVPs. Yes, we've got. Go, that. you go, 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 EVPs. Um, I just wanted to read it for people. During the approach of an electrical storm, the geomagnetometer reached upward of uh, upward of two thousand milligauss, and it overranged. The electrogeomagnetometer read a full five gauss. Again, normals between three and five hundred milligauss. At the same time, the DC low frequency electric fields in the house ranged well over two kilovolts per meter, where normal is well below 20 to 30 volts per meter. When Santa Ana, here it is, when positive Santa Ana winds 
crossed the house's boundary, they turned into negative ions. That's unheard of. These you can read for yourself later on, because I know you want to, you know, inform yourself what Barry said. The other reason why Barry Taft and I had a falling out goes back to this. I told Barry I wanted to have the Ghost Hunters show here, and Barry said, no, you can't. I said, why not, Barry? He goes, because it's going to ruin your credibility. I said, how's it going to ruin my credibility? He goes, well, I want to use the house as a base station to do paranormal investigations for research studies and have all these different researchers come in from around the world. I said, Barry, you're not going to use my house as a gosh darn guinea pig because I live here. I said, I'm not doing that. And Barry says, well, if you get the Ghost Hunters show to come here, I can't have be an associate. I said, why? He goes, because they're discrediting my credibility. And it's like, Barry, there's no way that I'm going to sit there and not have the Ghost Hunters show here because you don't want your credibility. I said, they're, they're fine as far as the credit is concerned. So then Barry says, well, then I can't. I said, well, Barry... I'm still having the ghost hunters show here to take a listen to that, take a look at the house. And he goes, well, I can't. And that's where our split came and this whole story of Baggins saying, oh, I brought them together and the ghost in my aftershock show. It's like, no, Barry and I didn't talk just because of that. I had no problems with Barry. I still respect what Barry says and feels. And then it became, I can't go there because I'm affected too traumatically by the uh, aforementioned paranormal activity at the house. And I was like, well, gee, Barry, you came here 26 times over 12 12 months. You, you think maybe after the first dozen times you would have stopped coming here if it was really fucking with you? My point being, really, Barry? 26 times and now you're claiming, oh, it's, it, it's affected me impossibly. I need Zach. And Zach says, well, I won't go unless you go with me, Barry. And it's like, Jesus, Zach, you're a paranormal investigator. Do you want Barry to go crawl? You want to crawl up Barry's butt and like use him as a suit of armor or something? I mean, what you want to hold hands so he can go with you? I mean, I don't get it. Quite understand the the theoretical science of he doesn't want to go to the house because you know he won't go without Zach. But the house, as you've been here for how many hours now? You've been here for how many hours, Steve? I have been here since 5 o'clock, so I've been here for about four hours. All right. You've been here for one hour more than Barry, than Dr., not Dr. Taft, but Zach Baggins was here for his three-hour <laughs> li- I kid you not, for the Ghost Adventure I show. I lasted longer than Zach. You outlasted. You know what I'm saying? we got to give him a shirt. What size do you wear? Extra large? 2XL. I have his XL. We'll have to see if my XL works for you, because it says, I survived yeah. the Yeoman House. You have. He doesn't really deserve one. Three hours, and he screams about it. That's the irony of this place. Is and God, Eric, you've been here over a God over a dozen hours total at least. And you, Jeff, you've been here over a gosh darn. Uh, a lifetime. Yeah. yeah, practically. Jeff's been here probably over like 250 hours at least through the years with him and Kashmir's girlfriend. So. To me, the fact is the place is interesting, but the fact that he couldn't deal with it is more a curiosity about how he manages to claim to be such a professional when in the darkness, when the figurine knocked over, which they haven't yet tonight, if you will notice, they haven't knocked over. So wait until they do. Um, that he freaked out when he found out from Jay, from Ta- from Jay Tolley outside saying that the figurine fell over 10 seconds after it did, 10 feet away from him, and he has a meltdown. And it's happened before, but I mean, you know, nobody's ever had a bad response to it. So right now, I'm going to give you guys some EVPs that we've heard, not heard. You've heard Jeff's. I've got some really clear ones. So with that, while you're getting that set up, I've got one queued up and ready to go. He wants to kill us. It was in the same discussion. I'm going to kill you, not kill us. No, I have. He wants to kill us. 
I'll just play it up into the, we'll see if it plays from the phone. Wow. Where that was recorded in that, the hall right here. In the same, while I was talking to the six foot shadow figure. Right. Uh, right after their ruse was discovered, <gasps> he can see us. Uh, first of all, that's an amazing thing. They had a meeting before I came to the staircase and said, okay, you, Wojtek, you're going to appear and you're going to talk to him and we'll stay here and we'll stay invisible. And then Sharon blew it when I said, which one of you am I talking to? Where, where did they have this meeting? What was, the, what was the reason? What was the discussion? What went on there? I thought, I mean, that, that, to, the, to this day, that just intrigues me considerably. Uh, well, well the, I mean, to get that kind of, that's kind of scary. I'm going to kill you. You know what well, I mean? Well, that, but, the, but this is, there's two voices. There's the full voice figures that were these four figures, and we always heard their voices clearly. There are all, even as we sit here now, I ran my camera here two weeks ago, my camera, my phone uh, recording, yeah. just sitting there on that chair, and I've got, I've got somebody saying water, and then I say, I'm up here on the Omen House. Uh, do you recognize me? Do you know who I am? And then a, a voice says, Jeff Mandel, thank you. Yeah. You know, it, it, before you go, if you want to spend another hour and just hear quietly and record, you'll get voices. Yeah, they're, they're all over all this house. All through this house. Many of them don't make sense and just say yeah. things but random the, like But that. these voices are voices that you can hear with your ears. They're not where they just record and you got to go back and oh, listen to right. hours no, and no, hours. No, you'll, you'll, and I want to tell everyone, because we're getting some more people, I just changed the title. Uh, if you missed what just happened, uh, David basically uh, said that Zach Bagans did not earn a shirt, a t-shirt <laughs> that says he survived the Omen House. So Zach Bagans, because uh, he was here for what season was that? Season that was three? Season nine. Season nine. Season nine episode. Premiere episode. Premiere episode, episode, episode one. Episode one. And he, he didn't last. I've been here for four, five hours, and I guess I've been here longer than Zach you made it. You have indeed. <laughs> So, uh, if you want to hear the full story, go back and listen to the last scope. If you're on Periscope, it's at the end of that one, right before I change the title, and you get the whole story on that. But what we're going to do now uh, is we're going to hear some of David's favorite voices that have been captured in this house, this haunted house, the Omen House, um, and we're going to get to hear. I'd like to get a microphone set up so that people can really hear this well. Before we get these EVPs going, I have to ask David a question. Yes, you do. Did you make the pizza yet? <laughs> okay. Pizza <laughs> work. Okay, you guys. You're listening to Spirits and More Radio. We're at David Omen's house in Beverly Hills. Uh, this house was built in 1989, and there's tons of activity here. Um, and so now, David, uh, if you missed earlier in the broadcast, because I know we have some people, new people watching, uh, there are 24 cameras throughout this house, and this house is three levels. Is that right, Jeff? Three levels, uh, three different levels. Um, and so uh, he, the latest one was on his YouTube just three weeks ago, uh, where he heard a voice in his office. He was home alone here. He went back to his camera that sits in his office. And when I say there's cameras everywhere here, you guys, there are cameras everywhere. Everywhere I'm looking, I, I, 
there's two in this room I'm in alone, and I see two in the room across from me. That Nope, there's three in the room across from me, and uh, they're everywhere, okay? So this place is covered with cameras uh, to capture all the paranormal activity that's happening here at the Omen House. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to get a microphone set up, and you guys can see, we're going to get some cameras up, and we're going to, we're going to, I wish we could. Okay, we're going to hear, so. Okay, so I'm going to get a microphone moved over. You guys stick with us, um, and we're going to hear some. We've already heard crazy. Jeff's been playing some very, very intense, in my opinion. I mean, I've, I've heard people say, uh, feed us cat. Okay. <laughs> Somebody's in the audience is saying, feed the cat. <laughs> okay. Um, and for those of you. And if you notice, look at that. Look at that. The first thing I saw when I came in this house was that Ouija, Ouija table right there, which is wonderful. And Dave, you said someone made that for you. My artist man, Joey Moss, made this for me as a gift. Look at that, you guys. And then the carpet, too. You got see the planchet and the carpet is on... You got the board on the ground there, and then the planchet that's supposed to move around. Okay, I'm going to move a microphone, you guys, over, and uh, that way you can hear the voices that are being recorded here in the Omen House. Uh, so stick with us. Uh, uh oh, we lost stuff. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead and invite your followers, you guys, because everyone who's listening, I see we're getting some more people. Invite people. They're not going to want to miss this. It's Halloween week. We are in one of the most haunted houses I've ever been in. We've got David Oman here who's ready to, to share it all. He's ready to show it all. He's going he's gonna to show us all the really good stuff right now. He said show it all. All right, so uh, let me get a microphone closer to these speakers so you guys you can hear this that stuff. Mic getting closer, trust me, it's loud. <laughs> It'll be super loud. I'm telling you, I just get this guy. How time I do that? Jeff, do you have the uh, piece of carpet? Yes. Don't worry. Wait, something's going on here. Oh, are you playing music? No, there's no music. What? Something weird just came out of those phones. Oh, it's probably squealing. It hurt itself. Okay. Uh, all right, we're back, you guys. Uh, I've got a microphone over there now. And we're going to hear some of the recorded voices that have been captured in the Omen House. We are in the second hour, you guys. I want to remind you, if you're watching live right now, this is that second hour that you don't get on the replay. So, And it's also about when you start here, and it's also about when you start hearing your name being said in your ear. Right. Which is what just happened and to Eric a moment ago. Yeah, Eric, Eric did hear that. Oh, stop that. The, the first EVPI that I uh, 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 that got any notoriety was on the Paranormal Witness episode where I heard talking from the corner. It's, it's a little bit different than they showed in the recreation. I heard talking in the corner and I 
ran to get my camera. Wait, wait, which par yes. Paranormal Witness, the show? Did a show on this house. This house, okay. So when Paranormal Witness was here, you guys, uh, Jeff's telling the story of what he captured. We, 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 we made a deal with them that we wouldn't make up anything, uh, we wouldn't change any story. But what they did, and I thought it was done brilliantly, was that they created one story out of three. Okay. So, so I have no problem with that. It just didn't happen exactly like that. Uh, I, I came up the stairs. I was up here by myself, and I heard a conversation in the corner like, like two people like you and I are talking right now. And I ran and grabbed my camera up on the kitchen cabinet, and I ran back, and I'm trying to zoom and focus and everything at the same time. And as soon as it, and as soon as it came into focus on the area, the voice says, Jeffrey, don't shoot me. Wow. With the camera, they meant Jeff. Explain that. Oh yes, well, <laughs> so yes, the they camera. meant with the camera, obviously. But but uh, but that's got enough play. You can just go look at the promo for uh, for my episode of Paranormal Witness. And uh, I'm joking. I'm teasing him. I'm teasing. I'm teasing him. Uh, <laughs> and but they use that in the promo. So. What the fuck. I mean. Yes, the the uh, people. My friend Eric. Another Eric Hatchett was here, a musician. He, explain, he explex, expresses, he explains the story that we were downstairs in the third level guest. We're, down, we're downstairs in the third level guest bedroom. I'm in the theater room watching a movie. And we were in there, we heard this sound. And I said, what was that? And then all of a sudden, do you remember that, Jeff? You were there, all these shovels. There were two shovels in the corner. The shovel fell down in the corner. And it made a whole ruckus. It's like, what the fuck was that? And I mean, it startled me. So I was not scared. I was more like, what the hell was that? Like, and stuff had happened that night. But all these different events took place, occurred over a longer period of time. They basically compressed it into the occurrences are taking place in about one week. Yeah. When in truth, they took place over a couple of years. But, uh, <laughs> it was, but, it was but the, a couple of months, at least a couple of months. The thing that you never told me that happened to you that I found interesting was when you were cooking in the kitchen and all of a sudden one of the, one of the dining room chairs slides across the floor and bangs in the, in the, uh, the lintel there, you know, in the, in the doorway. Sort of like to block you on your way out. Mm -mm. It was here. That was the paranormal. You're talking about the paranormal no, witness he's about episode. Paranormal witness. This is another incident. Yeah. For those of you just joining us, you're listening to Spirits oh, More Radio. We're at David Oman's house. Wait a minute. He's that was their setup. We had a chair in the den set up for people to watch some videos on the big screen there. I had a friend that was staying here with me. He was on the second level in the bedroom. And I'd gone downstairs and I came up the stairs. And as I did, I looked. And said, said chair, it was about 15 feet. This, the, the chair now was 15 feet across from where it was sitting in front of the big screen. It was now from the den. It was sitting right in the middle of the living room on the way to the kitchen. And I'm like, what the hell did he put the gosh darn chair in the middle of the walkway going right in the path going to the kitchen? And I go downstairs and I said, um, John, I said, why the hell did you move the, the, the chair from where you were sitting in the den across into the path going to the kitchen? And he said, 
I've been down here for two hours studying my ass off. I haven't even gone upstairs since I came in. You saw me upstairs. I walked and I said hello and I blew past you and I went downstairs to start working. What are you talking about? I said, come upstairs. And he came upstairs. I said, didn't you move the chair? Because it was just he and I. I said, did you move the chair to this? He goes, I didn't do anything. I've been, as I say, he goes, he goes, I didn't do that. And I was like, what the living hell? And he goes, uh-uh. And I didn't do it. I went downstairs for 20 minutes and I come up and there the chair is. So that's what Jeff is talking about. It basically moved in the walkway to, but, but, to there. But, but, but there's an interesting example of how when you hear a part of a story and years later and that story has altered a little bit, I, I got it wrong. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, right, but, the telephone, but, telephone game. <laughs> right. But, I, but, but, but everything I'm telling you about, almost everything, I've got, I was running the camera at the same time. Right. That's firsthand knowledge, you guys. What we're hearing is firsthand experiences with your actual documented uh, files, audio files that you have there. Now, now, here's an interesting thing. Well, he's, are you set up? Yes, I'm ready to roll. Okay, he's ready to roll. Never mind. <clears throat> okay, hold on. Hey, Dave, before you do that. Yes. Okay, it's going to come out of this speaker, right? So you heard that, that's a pretty standard EVP. That's what I like about our EVPs. They're clear, they're crisp, they're without a doubt. And you can hear that there's a somebody there that's not living. Well, just stick with a good one. I would, but I would point out to you that it's just a voice. Mine are responsive to my questions yeah, and interacting with me. Clear, See, these ones are, are Mickey Mouse to me. I like the ones that I can really hear. Is a good one. Listen to this. Could you please move the couch again? One, two, three. No, listen to it again. It's twice. One, two, three. Could you please move the couch again? Right there. One, two. 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 Could you please move the couch again? Right there. That's from my tape. The couch again. The couch again. Uh, right let's go with this one. Um, they're here. I don't even know who they are. They're here. Acer, Michael, whisper. 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 And that's and that's Kashmir's voice you heard the, the female. I don't know who they are. They're here. 
I sped up the lease already. I got it. I'm going to show you guys something else. This is downstairs. Okay. That's the cat. That's the cat. In the theater room. This is in the theater room of sound. You can hear some silence. I'm just going to turn the lights down. Okay, that's what I was hearing earlier. Yeah. But the voice is that was definitely not. Now I'm going to block it. I need you to session in here. Right there. Listen closely. Right there. You hear that? It's, just, it's, it's barely audible. It's just silent. I like my EVPs to be clear, uh, watch David. Watch this. Well, that's in one, there's another room. Listen to this. On this <laughs> This is in the theater room. What the fuck is this? This is in the room where it actually is picked up. It's in 40 seconds. You know the cat's way above us. Okay, okay. You know the cat's way above us. Okay. Okay, okay. Again, I just walked into the hall of shit and I said, feeling pressure right now. I'm waiting in my Come on, let's do that. Did we do kill? Oh, here's one. Um. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've heard. We, we. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we just did that. Is that nice and clear for you, Jeffrey? No, that's clear. That's a clear one. Now listen to this one. Now that's weak. See, I, I consider it weak when it's not clear. Opening, closing, opening, closing. Very thing he must 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 closing. Wait. Wait. Was that was that the boop 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 in there that I was hearing? That's the EVP. I hate you. Now here's one that's clear as a there's Jeff in the background. You hear Jeff? This is outside. We're walking right next to the stuff to these stairs in the okay. side of the house. All right. Well, I can tell. Is that crazy? Spirits is jump. Well, I can tell. Pretty clear, huh, Steve? Yeah, those are clear. And those are definitely. And not any freaking bo voice box or anything. Now here's a. There's, here's something you get, Jeff, when you talk about interaction with the spirit. Yeah. Listen to this. This is during the during the uh, an investigation here, and uh, right, where is it? Says no, did not. Oh, here, it's no, did. Did you just hear that? Yes, I did. Thank God. No. Thank God. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. So for those of you just joining us, uh, you're listening to, we are live at David Oman's house in Beverly Hills, and uh, we're listening to voices that have been recorded in this house. There are 24 cameras throughout this house. They're in every single room, multiple rooms. Uh, yeah. This house has been on Paranormal Witness, uh, Ghost Adventures. Mm -hmm. 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 Mm -
Here. There was this weird, eerie feeling like there was somebody standing right behind me. I said, male or female energy? And she said, male. I said, that was Jay. And she said, male. I said, that was Jay. 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 I said, that was Jay. The interesting thing about, uh, you know, you, you want to do a little noise reduction. No, but the, See, I'm not a fan of any of the bullshit playing with things, because once you start messing, you've taken away the original authentic no, that, quality of No, that's true, but what I was going to... Am sorry, I on? Well, the reason the reason that it's problematic both ways, whether you do it or you don't do it, no, is that the noise, the ambience in this house is right around the same frequencies as the plosives, this the sibilants. So often, mom can be heard as Bob or Rat. And those ones that I'm coming up with. No, not. Without any gas. I'm talking, and I'm not talking about yours. Th th those are the ones that I, th those are the ones that I count on because I don't like the ones that are like, oh, did you hear that? Oh, I think it was this. Those are garbage. I'm sorry, I don't believe those are EVPs, to be honest with you, because if I've got them as clear as this and I'm about to let you hear the guy saying fucking pricks, I don't, there's no but, question of what he's saying. It's like, yeah, but you, there was no question of what well, they're saying said, on, 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 on my recording. He's just, he just yells they're not talking to him when they were answering me, I think. Well, I got news to you, Jeff. <laughs> I don't. No, Sharon talks to you. I know that. You, you've heard it. I don't hear. Here. I'm teasing. Do it again. The pizza is a little overcooked. Could you pull it out? This is, uh, if you guys missed the first half of the show, little explanation. Um, <laughs> we heard the story, uh, and now we're, we're, we're in the second half, which is getting into the, the meat of it. It's, it's getting into the meat of it, clearly. There's an Have interesting thing. Charcoal fucking bread. Yes. There's an interesting thing that happens here that I've noticed at parties and in gatherings of people, which is when the EMF starts to climb, people who are susceptible, Eric and I are both susceptible. David. He's uh, David, susceptible to stupidity. You're saying you're blaming the house for ignorance? You, what are you fucking you, nuts? Hey, David, I only have <laughs> one. I only have one regret. Did you see it? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I know you just shut the light off. That I, that I did see. No, that just started uh, on its own. I didn't touch it. Okay. I heard that. Okay. okay. We should check with him and see whether... Yeah, whether they do that. That's Dr. Barry's house. Oh, man. Is that supposed to be turned around? Look at the light. No, this wasn't like that. This was... You know, with the right editing, this can be a magnificent show. <laughs> I agree. 
Uh, the only the only regret I have is I should have brought a wireless mic for Dave. I can show it to you. I said the only regret I have is that I did not bring a wireless mic for you. I didn't know. I have a wireless mic. I didn't know it'd be so animated. Well, let's plug it in. Thanks a lot. Animated? I asked the guy to do one fucking simple task. When the alarm goes off, pull the pizza out of the oven. <laughs> oh, the, the I mentioned my first experience in the house. Am I, am I on? Yes, you're on. Thanks for the rest of us. I mentioned my first experience in the house, how this guy who I'd met earlier blocked me in the hallway, very manic, and he couldn't stop talking to me about what was going on. And he was affected by the... Energy. By, the, by the energy in this house, and as you stay here longer, it it, it does get to you. Oh, right. Jesus Christ! Was shot in my den, right? Like I, I said, Jesus Christ, for for the first no, for the first couple of years I came here, uh, Kashmir and I would get what we call the ick, the ick. Which is just this, is just this feeling of being drained, and it would last for two or three days and then go away. Uh, now the house actually makes me high. I feel great in here, and when I drive away, I, I feel. I, no, I'm just, I'm just saying that there's this energy here. I've done nothing but eat potato chips when you couldn't hear it, and 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 uh, uh, and as I drive, and and there's another effect. When something happens to you, if you haven't documented it, and I, I, I call it the I call it the Sunset Boulevard effect. By the time you've left the house and driven down Benedict Canyon, you start thinking, you know what? That that was probably an airplane. You know what? Your brain is trying. You don't want to believe it. E e Almost like your brain doesn't yeah, want to well, believe it. Your brain it. wants things to be sense in a linear and wonderful fashion, you know, so it can all fit together neatly. And and life isn't like that. And the paranormal is probably the least neat thing <laughs> to right. organize your day. Oh, I believe it. He's to put it, Jeffy, on, on hold. Here's a good good one for you, folks. Shot last August in 2016. On the sixth. Right there. Right there. Shut the door. Shut the oh, door, shut the door. Mr. That's pretty clear. Yeah, I heard that. In that same room, um, and then it says shut the door, which is ironic. In that same room, yeah, I heard that clearly. That was very clear. Right, I'm going to show you guys what happened in that same room that you were down in where both the a bottle of wine came out on its own only a couple this of video? before that. Let's see. Eric, are you doing something with the pizza? I need a knife. It smells good. Yeah, right. I'm going to give you a knife. <laughs> now watch what happens. The wine rack. 
Yeah, play that again, you guys. I want everybody to see that bottle falling down. So for those of you who are just joining us, uh, we're at the Omen House in, in um, Beverly Hills with David Omen, and this is a three-story house built in 89 by him and his father. And ever since the beginning, there's been paranormal activity happening here. Um, the house sits 150 feet away from where the Sharon Tate murders were by the Manson family. Uh, Jeff, who's here, believes that those spirits do uh, reside here, whereas David doesn't believe that that's the case. But we were just hearing some of David's um, EVPs that he has. Uh, recorded and we heard some of Jeff's as well so um, you can go back and listen you guys there's a couple other scopes that we did before <laughs> and this is one of our um, first remote shows we've ever done so it's we're, we're getting into new territory here so uh, bear with us So what I wanted to show you guys was the video. So you report, but but you haven't done that many investigations on your own. Is that Correct. Right? Yeah, I don't I don't do investigations necessarily. Just more like getting the stories from people. Ah, here we go. Here's a doozy for you. This is downstairs in the third level guest bedroom, and this is last year my birthday. This is incredible. It really is. I want you guys to know you can find all these videos that David's showing us right now on his YouTube channel, David Omen. And you can go through and watch these videos. The one he's showing us right now is from July 23rd, 2016. And we also have this on her digital recording, which is right there, the same exact voice. Hello, why are you? I'm so sorry. 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 I'
Cats out, Jeff. This isn't the earth and water. This isn't the earth and water. And watch what you're going to see is this butcher block here. That's what you want to watch. This was March 2015. What? My bedroom, Jeff. Are you going to shut the dog up? Well, what was behind you? Watch right there. Yeah, I totally saw that. And for those of you watching, um, Mike also saw that. I felt I picked that very board up earlier today, and it is heavy. It, it wouldn't. Pounds. It's ten pounds. It wouldn't move on its own. For some reason, my audio on that's not working. But in any event, the point is that that's. <laughs> Listen again. I'm going to put it right back to the spot. 
That's been happening all night. Right there. A lot of weird all night. A lot of happening all night. Right there, 35 to 36. Right there, you'll hear it. Did you hear it? I heard it, yeah. That's been happening all night. A lot of weird That's things happen here. First time we got Welcome to the open house. It is hard to tell though. I mean, it could, it almost, to me at first, the first time I heard it, I thought it was like a yapping dog in the background. There was no dogs available. The dogs yeah. were out of the house because they didn't use the whole house. Yeah. Well, listen to this downstairs in the third, in the third level theater room. I've always had some very weird, creepy experiences. About Did you hear that when the little girl says, here's one? Do it again. Experiences. About three. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about, it. About, about three. Is there any doubt in your mind of what you hear with that? Yeah. Yeah, that's clear. About three experiences. About three. About three. About three. About about three. Do you hear that? Yeah. About three. Yeah, it's clear. Experiences. About three. And that's always had some very weird, creepy experiences. About three. I've always had some very weird, creepy experiences. About three. See, you see, that's kind of some of the crazy stuff that's happened. Yeah. You know what, Dave? I think we should. It'd be a good time to like go on a tour. I want to take my camera and have Absolutely. you walk us around. Let's go do that. Okay. So we're gonna cut out for the audio. The uh, the audience is just audio. We're gonna cut out from here because there's nothing to What's hear that? That necessarily. Yeah. Though. Where's Jeff? So that was. He's right there. What happened to the dogs? So we're gonna we're gonna fade out of the show uh, for the audio feed, but Periscope we're gonna pop back on and do a tour of uh, the Omen House for everybody who's watching on Periscope. Uh, you'll be able to see that. So if you're on YouTube or Facebook, go to Twitter at uh, Scary Horror News, and then pop on to our Periscope from there, and uh, we're gonna tour around the Omen House next. <laughs>